us, everybody. This is Countering the Culture Podcast, and uh, this is our new series called Hindering the Faith, episode three. Um, uh, and the, the title is called uh, the Hindering the Faith, Depression. So um, before we start off, we just want to start with a word of prayer. So, Brother Mark, if you want to start us off. Amen. Praise God. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you today, Lord, for the time to fellowship, Lord, for for an extra pouring of your spirit, Lord, and your uh, your anointing, Lord. We thank you for this day, Lord. We ask that you would use us, Lord, to speak your word and your word on- alone, Lord, that we would allow this time to be to be of you, Lord, and that we would speak what you want us to speak, and amen. Amen. So, uh, yeah, just, uh, just want to give you guys a quick introduction. This is a new series called Hindering the Faith. Um, Today's episode is going to be about depression and and um, you know how how we handle those things and and what what brings depression on. But before we start off, we have um, a new a new uh, introduction, brother Mark, and we have a guest, brother Josh. If you guys want to introduce you guys yourselves really fast. Uh, I'm Joshua. I come here to Step of Faith. I've been here for about a year now, um, and my background: I've been a Christian believer all through my life. My family was saved um, through my mother and uh, all our family. So we come from a Christian background, and yeah, uh, that's all I'd like to say right now. God bless you. Amen. Brother, Mar- uh, Brother Mark, I just uh, just wanted to say uh, I've been here at Step of Faith for now three years, and uh, I've been a Christian about maybe six, year- six years now. Uh, I've been, a- been um, in the church all of my life since I was like two. Um, because my dad was a pastor, but I've never really actually uh, really put my heart into God and had my own relationship with God. So it's a blessing to be able to uh, be here now and actually have my own relationship with God. Amen. Amen. All right. So, uh, Brother Abel, if you just want to start us off with a first question and uh, get us going on this topic. Amen. And one of the first questions that we all discussed and decided to be on here what is what are the causes of depression and what were the causes of depression in your life and I would you know like to start off as you know some of the causes of depression is situational and that's meaning that because of life events you know death of a loved one a loss of a job divorce um, childhood trauma abuse and neglect, we can go into this depression where, you know, we just experience all these feelings of, you know, sadness and anger and hopelessness and, you know, fatigue, not wanting to um, do anything and just feeling hopeless. And it doesn't only affect non-believers, but believers as well. And I just want to, you know, make one thing clear that depression isn't a sin. It's not a sin to be depressed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being sad isn't wrong. Being sad isn't wrong because it's a result. It's a result of living in a, in a world of pain. This world is fallen, so there's going to be pain and suffering. And for me, um, when I was younger, you know, I, one of the reasons why that depression hit me was when I was younger in my childhood, you know, my father had left me. And I knew him for, you know, eight years of my life, so I knew what a father was, you know, and I knew that love, you know, that a father would give you. And then for him to leave, it it hurt me. You know, it, I felt neglected. So all throughout, you know, growing up without him till now, you know, before I came to Christ, I just felt hopeless, you know, like, what's my purpose? You know, I just felt useless. And my life just had no meaning, you know? If I could ask you a question, um, at a point in your life, did you ever think that, you know, you could, you would end up the same way as your father, doing the same thing when you were older? Uh, Yeah, I would, I would say, yeah, you know, it's even um, a thought that comes to my mind now, you know, is that it doesn't matter what that taught me, what he taught me was, you know, it doesn't matter the bond you have, you can just leave whenever you want. You know, regardless of the other person's feelings, you can just go. And that's something that I struggle with right now is like, man, I don't need, you know, I don't need this person and I can just leave whenever I want. 
but that's not that's being selfish you know not considering that hey you know this person needs me you know i'm something in their life you know i i'm i uh, have an impact on their life you know yeah and um i think you know for me i don't i never went through something like that because i've always had my parents around my father but um i think something for me was just seeing my parents struggle you know um when when we were younger uh, financially um you know i always wanted to help them out and be able to provide when i was older and i think me and my brother just having that burden of like um you know we're kind of like the last ones left we have to um take you know take it over like we have to make something of ourselves so i think just the thought of um failure kind of kind of gets you in a, in a dark place you know you don't know what you're going to be in life you don't know what you're going to do with your life and I think just those thoughts, you know, they can they can really get to you and put you in a dark spot, and um, you know, you have to you have to be able to handle that in the right way. But I think that was a big part of depression for me, just to um, you know try to try to try to fit in and 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 be somebody, and you know, just the the load of that. So, anybody else would like to share? Uh, I was going to say, <clears throat> I'm, I've never really gone into a state of depression or um, I've, I've gotten to a point at which I have gotten really sad uh, over a situation either because of a relationship or because of uh, a point in my life in schooling. Um, one of the things I didn't like to fail um, because I always made sure everything was according to plan, everything was on point. And for me, when I failed in the situation that I probably wasn't going to be able to graduate um, as a high schooler, um, that got me into a point of um, stress. And then uh, I, I began to re really uh, angry, sad. And those things, it, it, it's, it's funny because they all connect into a point that which you struggle in your life. Uh, depression could lead to uh, like a point of either being angry um, for a certain reason, some people get angry with God. If you are a Christian, um, some people get angry with uh, the people that they are around, and they start to push away people. Um, and in that situation, myself, uh, I didn't understand um, how to really react to certain things. But um, as far as like coming out of it, um, I believe honestly, letting it out is one of the main things because when you hold things in it started to produce something inside of you. And when you let it out, it actually releases those things just so when it goes to um, forgiving people as well. Um, you have to actually verbally forgive them and forgive uh, yourself if it's a situation. Um, some people go into like depressions and stuff like that because the fact that they, um, they might have failed or something and they don't know how to really accept you know, the failure and myself, I didn't know how to do that. So um, it was hard for me to come out of that. But you know what? Uh, me crying about it and speaking to my, um, my mom at the, at the time and releasing it and having her uh, you know, speak to me and give me encouragement, I think that's one of the things that really helped me come out of that situation. I didn't really fall into like a deep depression or something like that, but it was uh, like really hard for me to get over because it was something that was going to affect my life for a long time, you know, if I didn't pass or, um, but honestly, I want to say that God will always make a way for you because, you know, in that situation, uh, cause I had transferred schools the, some of the credits didn't go over, but that, uh, um, my mom had called them and they called the other school and the, like, is this a miracle literally over like two days and like the Lord just really put his hand to work and I was praying and crying and asking cause I didn't know how to really deal with it. And next thing you know, uh, you know, I just felt like I said, Lord, I'm going to leave this in your hands. And I said, cause I don't know what else to do. And that's, that's one thing I think you need to really do. And it's hard because us as humans, we try to like make things according to the way we want it. And really we got to let it go and let God, and that's so hard because we don't know how to let go sometimes. And that's the best part is that when you let God, God actually starts to make a way for you. And in ways that you probably never thought of. And that's, that's what I would like to say, honestly. Amen. Uh, so for me, it's kind of, kind of the same way, uh, like Brother Joss was saying, I didn't really go through a real deep depression or anything. 
I went through uh, through circumstantial uh, through circumstantial uh, sadness, and uh, for me, uh, growing up in a household where it was like a fence line 24/7, and where I had my mom that would always um, she would have uh, drug issues and alcohol issues and just different things, and then having a dad that that wanted the best for us and was a pastor, and he would always come and preach the word, and then like on 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 every other day I would have to go home and then they would argue and go back and forth and it was kind of tough because every type of game night anything was always just so mainly for me it was more of like a loneliness I had people in my life that cared for me and were there and they wanted the best for me but it was still like a loneliness like I didn't know what to do or who to reach out to I I had, I had people in the church that I talked to and everything but it was it's re- it was still really hard to uh, to open up and have people my age that understood what I was going through, and at the same time you had people that um that looked up to you as a pastor's kid. You like you had to have everything perfect and have everything all together, and going through stuff like that was really hard. Even today, as a, as a Christian, as my own uh, as a relationship with God, it's still hard to to trust only in Jesus and to um to rely on His strength to to get you through it. Um, I just went through a circumstance where I. I didn't get kicked out of my house, but I, I got put in a, str- a struggle where I had to, uh, to where it was time to leave, where God was calling me out of the house, but I didn't know how I was going to make it, how uh, circumstances were going to meet, but I ended up uh, making it, and it's still t- sometimes rough to, uh, to get through it and stuff and to see where God's taking me, but it's in a cross between seasons, and sometimes we have to just hold on for the ride and let God, uh, let God use you and let God um, have his way. Yeah, I know for me, um, similar to like Brother Josh, like I didn't go through a deep depression, but um, in the world, like when I, the times I did get like sad or, or maybe I was going into a depression, you know, we, we dealt with it differently with alcohol or just friends maybe we shouldn't have been around, bad company and in and, and the world, we did those things, but now, whenever I feel like I'm getting into that place again and depression, how it can hinder my faith is when I'm slipping back into that sadness or even light depression, it can hinder your faith by like, maybe you don't, you don't read that day. You're just feeling very like on your, on yourself and down on yourself. And, and it could lead into not reading, not praying, not doing anything that you're supposed to be doing. And if you continue to go that way, by the time you know it, you've gone three days without doing any of that stuff. And But now we'll have brothers that I can reach out to and they can pray for me over the phone. I've called you guys, you guys have called me and it's been a big help, so. Yeah, and uh, just to kind of go off of that, I think you know a lot of times the, the things that we, um, like the music that we listen to or, or the things that we're watching on TV and even the people that we're around, I think that that's a, that plays a big part in, in being depressed and, um, you know, just just um, just being around those things and and having those things in your mind, it could I think it can damage you. You know, and we got to be careful um, on who, on what we're what we're doing and and you know what we're putting in into ourselves um, because it can it can really hurt us. You know, to get down that dark path. Amen. You know, and that's an important factor too. Is you know, is the things that we listen to. You know, for me. Um, all the music that I listened to to help cope, it was like depressing music. You know, they talk about, you know, murder, you know, loneliness. So the voices, you know, like talk, you know, kind of just like those demonic things, but it would cope, it would help with the loneliness temporarily, but deep inside, you know, there was that void of like, you know, is this life, you know, is this like, it's better to die you know, and a lot of key figures in the Bible struggled with forms of depression. You know, you see the life of David. David wrote in David wrote in Psalms 56, 8, you know, that you record my misery. You know, you put my tears in your bottle. You know, he was talking to God. And even Moses and Elijah both confessed that it would have been better for them to die than to live. And, and, and when they expressed these things, they expressed it to God. They didn't express it to nobody else. You know, they went into their secret place, the secret place, and they cried out to God. And God didn't condemn them, nor did he um, 
uh, yell at them, but instead he rebuked them with their with love and provision. You know, that's what God does. He he doesn't want us to hide our emotions, you know, because it's times like those where you see the reality of human emotion, you know, of, of, of we see reality. You know, when the Bible talks about these key points, it talks about the reality we live in of human emotion, that we're humans, that we make mistakes. And these are key figures in the Bible. Yeah. You know, these aren't like just random people. These are, you know, Moses, Elijah, and King David. But instead of expressing it outward, they expressed it to God. And they didn't hold back. You know, many times we hold back because we're scared. Like, no, you know, God doesn't want to hear me, you know, or, you know, I'm, I'm not comfortable. And in reality, you know, God wants to show us his love, you know, that he wants to assure us that we aren't alone. You know, when the Bible talks about these things, you see it and you're like, man, I'm not the only one. You know, the Bible sheds light on those subjects. And, you know, God has the victory. That's what God was reminding them, because when they came to him, God reminded them where the victory is. You know, it's not in them. They didn't have the power. You know, Moses didn't have the power. Elijah didn't have the power. David didn't have the power. Their power came from God. You know, their joy came from God. I know um, a lot of the times when we keep it to ourselves, it could be out of, like, shame or, like, it could be, like, a sign of weakness, especially as men. Like, how can I let somebody else know, like, I'm, what I'm dealing with and going through? And... It's, it's very important because now when I go to you guys and you guys can actually lift me up in prayer, it's not going to be like they're going to make fun of me. They're going to talk about me. You guys are actually going to help me. We're, it's, it's a fight spiritually. And that's just how now the way I see it and how we can actually deal with it now. And um, I'd like to say, you know, and, and this is something I, I know that I didn't like to hear as a, a child that was of a, um, a, pa a pastor as well. Um, but it's the truth. When it comes to depression, when it comes to uh, many things in our lives, their trials and temptations and such forth, uh, it's, it's down to the bottom line. It's a spiritual warfare. And as much as you say, well, do you know what? Like the doctor told me this and stuff like that. It's, it's not nothing spiritual like that. Do you know what? Honestly, to be 100% to be honest, it is a spiritual warfare. When uh, Saul had done a, a, a sin, and he had lost the um, because he had done the uh, he had sacrificed something, and it was it was supposed to be the prophet that was supposed to do it. A spirit came and it made him sad, and he started to have anger and such forth because he had lost the presence of God in his life. And it's a spiritual battle in a sense, but in the position, if you are depressed, if you're in that position right now, I can't say I I know what you're going through, but I know that it is a spiritual battle. And I want to say that because everything that we say of, that we do is either right or wrong. And being depressed, it, it's not something you did, probably did wrong or something that, you know, but it has fallen on you. And you might have been okay for, like, you know, happiest person ever, and then snap, you're in depression. So what, what made you come into depression? You know, it's a situation, yes, but would you as a person before – had kept in depression it's, it's because it's a spirit that's on your life that is trying to hold you down and honestly it's it's, it's probably a hard hard hold to come out of and i would say the only thing is for you to really try to like have the lord come into your life ask jesus to come into your life you know say the sinner's prayer and and um it's it's really hard because in those moments you don't want to do nothing you you probably you just want to cry you don't understand why, or you might not eat. You're probably going to a stage of suicide. And, and if it's a stage of suicide, those voices that are telling you that, you're saying, I don't hear voices, but it's your own voice, your own voice that's speaking against you, and that's actually Satan speaking in your mind. And it's just his demons doing his work, and then they're trying to, what is it the Bible says that he's here to do? To steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to destroy your life because you are a soul. Your living soul, this is your body, yes, but you, after you die, your soul either goes to heaven or hell. And in a sense, he would have won if you died and went to hell. He would have won over your soul. But Jesus Christ wants you to live and to live for him. And in that sense, you will be going to heaven. And I, I just want to say that it's a spiritual warfare. 
and please, please cry out to Jesus and accept him as Lord and Savior in your life. Because it talks about in the word of God, it says on um, John 16, verse 33, it says, These things I have spoken unto you, that, that, um, that in me you might have peace in the world. You shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And I was talking to my brothers earlier, too. And because Jesus Christ has overcome the world, and he is living in us, because once you have accepted him in your life, he becomes in you. And when he is in you, you have the peace, you have the understanding, and you have victory over what it is you are fighting. And you, have, you might not feel it at the moment, but you know what? Declare it in your life. Speak it with the word of God. Get into the word of God and ask God to change your situation for you. Amen. If I can uh, add on to one of the things you were talking about, like how you were talking about the mind and how the devil can play tricks and talk to you. And like as as a person that's that's kind of been in the place where he wants like I want to be alone and kind of handle like, like to handle situations on my own due to the fact that um, my dad, like whenever we would uh, whenever um, my parents were together back then, he would always like bottle everything up and hold it, hold it against people and then take it out like all at once and then it would just like explode and i think that's a lot of situations with when it comes to depression where it becomes suicidal we like to um to bottle it up and and be so scared to actually share share out with someone or a brother or sister in christ or even if it's not a brother and sister christ just to share out um how we feel or how the situation's uh taking us and we begin to whenever we don't it um it begins to bottle up in our head and we begin to have different thoughts and uh different emotions because the devil's trying to tell us like oh no the that person's not going to want to talk to you they don't they don't they don't know you they're 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 not willing to hear what you're going through they don't care they're not going to have a, a situation for you they're just going to make it worse it's they don't really care what you have to say or anything and it becomes a battle of the mind and it's hard to um to deal with the fact that um, what you're going through is not, it's not, not usually your fault. And a sense where, when I was going through my parents' divorce and uh, they got divorced and everything. And um, when they finally finished the divorce, my, uh, my dad told me that uh, he was like, um, I have good news that um, uh, the divorce is finally final. And I remember thinking like, I went into my room and started crying and I was just really scared. And it was hard to deal with it and to talk to someone about it. I eventually came out to my uh, youth pastor telling him what happened and everything and how hard it was. But to, um, to hurt, hold a burden like that, it's very hard to, uh, to withhold. And it's something that we have to, uh, to be willing to uh, unite and talk to brothers and sisters in Christ and let them know what we're going through. That it's, it's, and they'll be there to encourage you and pray for you and lift you up in prayer and everything. And you know, um, another thing when it, when you're talking about that, about being alone, um, that's another thing that Satan wants to do. He wants to separate you. If, if you're a Christian, he wants to separate you from the pack, I would say, because you know, when it says about the shepherd and the 99, that he had left the 99 in the wilderness and he went after the one, you know why, if you, if you were a shepherd, you know, that wolves will actually more likely attack the one that's left out of the pack because they're actually seeing a bigger group. They're, they're less likely to go attack, especially with the shepherd there. But if there's one wandering, they're gonna go after that one. And the same way in a spiritual sense, Satan wants to separate you from your brothers and sisters as Christians, and he wants to target you if you're alone. Because if he gets you alone, then it's easier for him to work in your mind. Amen, and, I, and you know, when, when we say that, um, you know, to talk about it and let it out, I think, I think something that's big for me is now now that you know um, I'm living this life I I I wouldn't go and speak to somebody that's in the world you know one of my f older friends or something like that you know not to be um, sound mean or anything but I'm gonna call my brother first or my pastor and you know ask for prayer because the chances are the people in the world they're gonna offer you, offer you a um, a beer or you know a, a, yeah a, a blunt or something you know so 
something that you got out of, you know, that bondage and, and they're going to offer you that thing to, to, to help you out. And reality is that's not, that's not the, that's not the answer. You know, prayer is, you know, God is the answer. Um, you know, seek, seek a brother, you know, have talk to them about it. And, um, you know, they're going to help you out. They're going to give you the, the truth. And that's exactly why the Bible says to seek the counsel of the righteous. Mm-hmm. So, so you want you want good advice? Speak to your Christian brother. Speak mm-hmm. to your Christian sister. Mm-hmm. Find the ones, because Lord forgive me, for those that just, you know, bench warmers um, in the church, uh, sometimes your water goes stagnant. You know, mm-hmm. what that means is like you have, you're not stirring up the spirit of God within your soul. And so what I'm saying is you want to speak to that brother, that sister that you know is on fire for God because they're going to give you godly advice of how to deal with your situation. And if you go to a person outside of the world, like he was saying, they're going to offer you the wrong thing. That's why you got to seek the counsel of the righteous people. Amen. Amen. And, you know, there's a song, and I'm pretty sure we all heard of it, called Do It Again. And, you know, when I was thinking about this topic, you know, the some of the lyrics came to me, and it's, you know, waiting on change to come, knowing the battle's won, and then, you know, I, I paraphrase, you know, your promise still stands. And that's where we struggle, you know, because as you were saying, Brother Josh, you know, we're in a spiritual battle, you know, we're in a spiritual warfare, and the battle's won. You know, Christ won it at Calvary. So we know that the battle's won, it's just sticking through it, you know, it's, it's pursuing, you know, a lot of times, a lot of our depression stems from our self-esteem, you know, it's like, I, like, I'm not like this person, or, you know, we, I don't have this, or, you know, I have to work to get this, you know, and like, man, like, I, why did they have it easy, you know, and we just start, like, harboring all these things, and, when we should look at, you know, what we have, you know, as believers, I'm talking to the believers in Christ, you know, when we look at what we have and we and be content that we may not have a lot, you know, a lot of us don't come from, you know, big backgrounds. But when we look at what we have and as believers, we have Jesus and Jesus is enough, you know, we don't have to seek those things. You know, it's nice, you know, it's nice to have nice things, but having Jesus is enough. Amen. And, and I could add on to that, um, like as believers, what we do have, and we have that peace, and even though whatever situation we go through, and, and when we're talking to somebody that's not a believer, it's hard for them to understand, and it's hard to kind of explain, because you have to have Jesus. You just have to have that feeling of Jesus, and um, a lot of people, though, in the world right now, like I have a lot of friends that whatever they're going through and they reach out to me like because they know I'm a believer and they they want something they want God they want it so they're seeking it and they're in in a depression so they're trying to get out of it and and all you could tell them is lead them to God and lead them to prayer and um there's a lot of people are seeking it right now I would say I have a lot of friends like message me going through a lot and and they're looking for God and we just have to give it to them and and lead them in that, that right direction And, a, and another thing is, you know, um, I think a lot of people get confused. They think that Christians have the, the easy life, the easy way out. And and uh, to be honest, this is a harder walk than the worldly walk. You know, it's so easy to um, go party and grab a beer and, and you know, do worldly things. But it's, I'm telling you right now, it's it's hard to walk this life. You know, it, at times we want to we wanna give up and, and at times we, we think that, God isn't with us, that he's not next to us and in that room with us. And, and we do get depressed and, and we get in those dark places. But I just want to read you guys a scripture and remind you guys. Um, it's, it's my favorite Bible verse. It's Jeremiah 29, 11. Um, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper, prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. So um, just a reminder, you know, um, God is with you and he wants to. He wants you to up, he wants to uplift you and and you know give you that hope. And and you know for those of you that are viewing 
that are non-Christian believing or just might have caught on at that point that he's talking about it's a hard walk, I will say that it's true. That is true. But the point is that we have the assurance that Jesus Christ is with us and he's going to help you through those situations that you need help in. And for you as a worldly person, a person that doesn't believe in Christ, that's what I mean, isn't life hard enough already? How much more harder can it get? It can get harder, actually. We, we've seen the year 2020 now, COVID-19 has stopped many of the things that we don't think as America that would have happened. I didn't think it would have. And all of a sudden, the, the whole world basically comes to a, a stop. But you know what? The worship of Christ and our life and believing and seeking God, I think, has really upped this year. For people that really believe in Christ, and this is a, some people are saying, as, as Christian believers that I'm hearing, they say this is the time that which the straw is being sifted, and now he's seeing who is going to be for him and who's not. Because we're actually seeing a great lifting in the spirit and also a great falling away of those that don't really believe in Christ. But so like I'm saying, yes, it is a hard walk. It is very hard because now you know the truth and now Satan and his demons are targeting you because they don't want you to go to heaven. Amen. And, you know, that'll lead us to our second question is how do you deal with it and how do you look at it now as a Christian? And uh, obviously the Bible tells us to be filled with joy and praise. You know, and in Romans 15, chapter, chapter 15, verse 13, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. And that's because that's what God intends for us, is to be filled with joy and peace. But because of living in a fallen world, we have to go through the various trials in our lives. And those various trials can cause depression. And especially as Christians, I believe, you know, we get even we get hit even harder, you know, with, with depression. That we're more vulnerable because we have this weight that we carry that non-believers don't. You know, non-believers, and I speak for myself, you know, before I came to Christ, we can live, you know, um, not worried so much you know we're like oh just live life you know like things happen but still carrying those feelings those thoughts those emotions you know but instead we just cope with you know drugs alcohol women you know and stuff like that to kind of help temporarily relieve ourselves from that but as christians where we have this um, we have people looking up to us now you know, so when we when we feel like we're failing, we're like, man, you know, um, I can't let this person down. And, you know, not saying that it's we shouldn't we should think that way. But we have to keep in mind that, you know, we have people watching us. You know, we have people that look up to us that are inspired by us. So just having that like, man, I don't want to disappoint, you know, my brother, because then I may end up causing him to fall, you know, and that I don't want that to happen. And then we can just start getting all these thoughts you know, and it can feel like a burden. It can feel like a burden, but as believers of the gospel, we have this assurity that despite the world being against us, because the world's going to be against you, you know, as believers, the world's against us, you know, but for us to live for Christ isn't easy, but it's worth it knowing that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. And you know, I am re I'm reminded that God doesn't leave me alone. You know, when I'm going through those, you know, seasons of like of being sad, of getting, you know, into this depressed state. And I'm reminded that God doesn't leave me alone. And even when it seems like he isn't there, you know, we don't we don't feel his presence. And, you know, Pastor was talking about it this Sunday that, you know, when Jesus leaves the room, we begin to panic. And, you know, we begin to let all these thoughts come into our minds. But in reality, he's with us. We may not feel his presence or we may not see him working, but we know that he promises us, God promises us that we aren't alone. 
there's uh, there's this uh, I don't know if it's a story or if it was a song. I'm pretty sure it's a story, but I don't know if any of you guys have heard of the story uh, about the footprints in the sand. No. Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. So it talks about uh, a gentleman's walking with Christ and he's uh, viewing in the, the in the side of his uh, things that have happened in his life, and there's things that are joyous and such forth and. He's having a great time, and he's saying two pairs of footprints in the sand, and it's him and, and Christ. And then things start to go wrong in his life, and he starts seeing images of things that are going wrong in his life. And then he sees, and he looks down at the floor, and he only sees these one pair of footprints. And then he, he asks God, why is then that, like, why weren't you there? Where, where were you at that point of my life? And then Jesus says, or, or uh, he said that God told him that it was then that I carried you. And you might be going through this time of, of just, uh, depression and such forth, and you don't think that Christ is holding you because you're not feeling him. But you know what? Be assured that if you are a, a believer in Christ, that he is holding you. And if you're not a believer in Christ, please accept him in your life so that you may have that assurity. And Jesus Christ will come into your heart, and he will hold you, and he will make you brand new. And he'll make all things work for the good for your life. And it says in his word that he does all things for you and like for everything to be good in your life. It might not seem like it now, but Christ is there for you. And answering the question about uh, uh, how is it that we come out of being depressed? Um, and and I can't say, I, I, I said, uh, I can't really relate to that. Whenever things have come up against my family or myself, uh, I've just felt like the spirit of God has taken hold of me and I just rise up and not in a, a, a rage towards um, God or sense, but I said I feel like like a lion ready to just speak against what it is I feel in my life. I literally like will rise up against it because I, I feel then it is then that we have to fight, especially when, uh, you know, like I said, one of my brothers might have said, hey, you know, pray for my mom. I, I, I said, you know what, brother, I don't I don't want to pray tomorrow you know right they called me like a really late in the morning early in the morning i got up i, I sat up and i just went and grabbed a drink of water came right back knelt on the floor started praying for that situation and it is at the time that you want to pray is at the moment that you see that thing coming against your life yeah, yeah and uh just to add on to what brother josh was saying like there's freedom in, in his name you know if you just cry out and you just pray to him and there, there's freedom from that depression if you're going through that depression like you and you might have tried everything else all the worldly things and nothing's changing cry out to him there's freedom in his name and i don't i don't think it's you know we're here to like boast you know but i think um the things that we we've, we've already been there you know we've already been through situations where we've been in those dark moments and um you know God has blessed us and he's saved us and we're just here to do his work, you know, and, and, and spread the word, spread the gospel and, and, um, tell everybody what, what Jesus can do for you and how he can heal your heart and heal that depression. So just want to let you guys know that. Amen. I think, um, for me coming to Christ and, uh, some of the things that really helped me as a, as a believer, um, not only the fellowship and everything uh, with my brothers and sisters in Christ, but also um, being able to come into the service. And I don't know um, how many of you guys out here, out there were actually able to be blessed and come to one of our services. But um, our, if you ever read our pulpit, it says a verse. It's Matthew 11, uh, 28. And I'm going to read it real quick. It says, then Jesus said, come to me, all you who are worried and he heavy uh, burdened and I will give you rest. And for me, I think that's, that's really impactful because of the fact that every time we come into ser service, we've either come from either work or going through a situation where either it's a brother that's reached out to us and we have different things that we're, we're weighed down. And whenever we come to service, sometimes we, we feel um, very heavy burdened and we have to let God um, take over and let him uh, have, our, have our weight of what we're carrying him and lay it down to him so that we can have rest and so that we can be um, be set free in him. And that comes a lot with the, the unity of being together and being able to communicate and talk about different subjects that are hard and things that we go through. 
but also praying to God and kneeling down before him and letting him know that um, what we go through and how we deal with different things. And uh, I'll, I'll say, uh, again, answering that question about how, how to come out of depression. Um, like, I, I've only come in, um, out of a situation that I've seen myself. Um, I was getting really sad because I had gone through a divorce. Um, I had lost um, my wife, and um, uh, we had split. And I, I was seeking God and asking God for it not to happen, and it, and it happened. And I didn't understand why especially in the moment. Um, but I became very sad and I, I, th I felt like I went through stages. Um, I went through a, a stage of like being really sad. I don't know if it was just depression or what, but I came out of that and I, I started holding a grudge against uh, God about what happened. And I became, uh, after holding that grudge, I became angry. And after being angry, I started to develop hate, hate towards God and the things that had happened and uh, coming into a step of faith, and um, uh, I don't know if my brothers remember, but I used to stand in the corner in the back, and I was, I was trying to be stone, stone cold, like not, not, trying to, not trying to speak to nobody, see nobody. And I said, I felt like just, uh, you know, the, just Satan had a, a hold on, on my life at that moment. Um, and I said, I felt like defenses were up. And, and like uh, I'll say spiritual defenses uh, and it was a point at which I'll say Satan he took ground in my life and um, I felt like I was locked away and um, so one day the pastor had called called me out with the Spirit of God and it was only the Spirit of God and he was talking about me and he was telling me things in my life and uh, I just broke you know I felt like the walls of Jericho just came down and and uh, I felt like Jesus was coming down a road and coming to embrace my life. And that's what exactly what it's like. You know, Christ, when he comes to your life, if you're an unbeliever, he's going to embrace you and you're not going to know how it is, but you're going to feel this peace and comfort. And all that's going to overwhelm you is tears and happiness. Because you know what? Now you've come to a state that you can now recover. And that's why I'll say, you know, as uh, far as like coming out of it, Christ will definitely bring you out of that hell, that that hole. Amen. And I think you know a lot of a lot of non-believers they don't they they want they want Christ, but you know they're scared because of the things that they carry. You know all the the problems that they have. But just want to let you know, you know, just just surrender your life to to Christ, and and God will love you, and and He'll deal with all that. You know, don't don't worry about that. He'll deal with mm -hmm. everything. But um, you know. It, Oh, go ahead. You want to say something? Okay. Um, but, you know, just as, as, as a believer now, um, some things how I deal with, with depression is, is um, you know, putting worship music on it and, and praying and um, talking to my brothers and my pastor and just reaching out and, and reading, reading God's word. But um, I think it's, it's, there's a difference, you know, from when you're in the world and, and as a Christian now. So... Um, yeah, definitely just get in the word and reach out to Christ. Amen. And I want to, you know, just add something that, you know, you aren't helpless if you struggle with depression. You know, many times people, they'll just be like, oh, like, just leave them. You know, like they're struggling. There's no way of saving them. You know, or they're just going through something. Just leave them alone. They'll get, they'll get over it. Pass. And, you know, as the person that's, you know, the person that's telling someone that and the person that they're talking about like you feel like, man, like, like where's the support? You know, you f and just know that, you know, that the power of God is greater than any mental state. Amen. That um, for me, prayer, prayer was the number one, you know, depression, depression fighter for my life, you know, because during those times of hardship, you know, as a Christian, when I came to Christ, it was just getting on my knees during, you know, the difficult times when it's hard, when it's hard to pray. You know, you don't want to pray. But it's at those times where you hear the voice of God, you know, when you get on your knees and you just feel the warm embrace. You know, for me, it was, you know, God just wrapping me, just hugging me, you know, giving me that love. Like, you know, just him saying, you know, like, I love you. You know, just God just comforting me, you know, and. That was, that's the power of prayer and the power of God. Amen. 
And um, like for Brother Abel, he said prayer was your way out of it. I know for me in different situations too, and others, if you're, say you lost a family member, you lost someone, and I would say change, put on the worship music, change your, change the whole atmosphere. Um, if you're going through a loss and you put on that, that sad music that just reminds you of them, yeah. or it, maybe even a, you just got out of a relationship or something that ended bad and, and you turn on those slow jams, it's just gonna keep you there, you know? It's serious though, like it will keep you there. So if you turn up your worship music and, and worship God and it'll lead to prayer, and it'll definitely help you out. And, and elaborating on that, in the Word of God, it speaks about um, an angel of music. And the angel of music, uh, for of us that know, uh, is Satan. And, you know, again, going back to being in a spiritual warfare, um, that is Satan using that music to keep you in that state of sadness and and so you got to fight against it yeah, because it is a bondage. And being uh, worship, putting worship uh, praise of God, you know, that's not something you probably want to do at the moment. But, you know, get into doing it. You know, try putting put on something, a soft uh, worship song. And, and you know what? That's a different form of, of sadness. It's going to be leading you to a point of, um, of freedom because... Those people that, that do the worship, those people that have written the songs, what is it is you think that they, that they wrote those songs just because? No, it's because they've gone through something in their life. Amen. They've, they've had felt the hurt. And in the worship, you can feel their pain. And you've related to the pain that they've gone through, and yet they sing hallelujah, you know. Amen. And it's glory to God because they have overcome their situation. And that worship music and the praises that you have in your life will help produce fruit in you, and you will become brand new. Amen. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about, the things that you listen to. And, and Sister D was talking to me about um, that a couple weeks ago, you know, about uh, Satan was the worship leader. Mm-hmm. And just the way she put things in and how she spoke to me, you know, it, it really convicted me, you know, like a lot. The things that I was listening to, or um, that I I I was still holding on to in my phone, you know, the music and um, the CDs, and man, I, I was feeling convicted like crazy. But um, it goes back to that, you know, it's it's the music that we listen to is depressing. The the slow jams, the the oldies, the the murder music, smoking weed, drinking beer, like it's demonic. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so. Um, I think, you know, that, that plays a huge part in it. Amen. And I'm going to go to the third question, and it's what advice would you give? What advice would you give to someone who's struggling with it, you know, believer or non-believer? And I'll go first, if anybody. And I put, you know, it isn't wrong. It isn't wrong to reach out for counseling, you know, or, you know, if, it's diagnosed, if you were diagnosed, you know, with depression and you have to take medication for it, that's not wrong. You know, a lot of people get this idea that, you know, oh, that's wrong. You know, that's not right for you to do that. You know, just trust God, just trust God. When in reality, you know, God gives us wisdom that, you know, as long as you have the power of God, you reach out for counseling, you know, you take your medication, but as long as you have the power of God, you will emerge victorious. Not you might be or, you know, maybe you'll be victorious or you might be victorious. No, you know, the Bible promises us that we have the victory in Christ and only in him do we have the victory. And, you know, for my brothers and sisters, I'm talking to you. I ask you, you know, to when you're going through those situations or those stages um, to look at it, to reflect, like, why am I having these thoughts? You know, are they biblical? Are they godly? You know, because many times we get these thoughts in our minds that are unbiblical, are ungodly, and we just have to, like, remind ourselves. That's what I, that's when I get those thoughts in my mind, I, I check myself. I'm like, you know, what are you talking about? You know, like, that's not what the Bible tells me. You know, Jesus promises me this. You know, I'm a child of God. And, and those thoughts just... Fly, fly by, you know? I'm like, I have to remind myself to what? To fight the good fight, to understand, 
you know, that the Holy Spirit's here to empower me and it's empower it's to empower you. And for the unbeliever, I tell you to accept Jesus into your life, accept Christ. And, you know, you won't regret it knowing that the promises of God that God wants to give you is right there. You know, the questions to life. On, he answers all the questions. And all you have to do is just accept him. You know, the assurance that God gives you is that you aren't alone. And one day you will be with him, that he's going to come back. Not because of anything you did, but because of the love he showed us on Calvary at the cross. Amen. Kind of, uh, for me, the, the encouragement I would give, I think, um, something that I've re really been on my heart lately, um, uh, talking to pastor and uh, different uh, elders, as well as you guys, about it. Um, it's how we, how we live our daily life and how we, um, what we do through our daily life. And I think uh, Pastor talked about it, I think it was last Sunday or last Wednesday, and he was talking about how whenever we um, go to church on Sunday and then when it comes to Wednesday, we're barely making it to church. We're on our knees crawling to church, trying to make it, surviving, trying to, because we have all these burdens and things that we're carrying through the week. And I think it's important that we, uh, we release them throughout the week because it's not what we do on Sunday and Wednesday only. It's also what we do throughout the week. And when we allow God to, uh, to move in our life personally, have a relationship and dying to ourselves daily, like Paul said. And I think it's important that we, we have that time in the morning. Like for me, I, I, I struggle with that, having time in the morning for God. And then I go through all these situations during the day. And then I'm like, what's going on? Like, what happened? Like, I have all these problems where all these these times where the devil's trying to convince me, like, oh, just do this, go hang out with those people, or or talk like this today, or or just different things where I'm trying to fight constantly daily and not really thinking about God and and I've always having him on my mind. Other than and then the times that I do pray in the morning and I allow God to to have His way through my day. I'm always thinking about God. I'm always thinking pure thoughts and allowing God to, to move in my life through that day. It seems like you're in a better mood also. Also in a better mood. And then whenever I'm at the end of the day, it seems like it goes by so fast. And it's like, wow, praise God. I, I, I got to go to work today. I got to do what I had to do today. And I got a lot accomplished. And uh, for those of you that are youth that might run into this video or watching this video, don't think that you're not that you're not valuable. Don't don't let Satan put that in your mind because you are valuable. You are a great worth to the kingdom of heaven. Um, for those that are your Christians that have fallen into depression, you are still of value to Christ. You are a son and daughter of Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords in all our lives. Though you have fallen, stand up. If you can't stand up, lean on a brother or sister and ask for help. Open up yourself. Put aside all those things that you have, titles and such forth. This is a fight for your life. And I say put that, up, put that aside because it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you've been. God sees us all the same. We are all equal in the eyes of God. And though we have different situations, different lifestyles that we all have all come from, you know, Christ still is glorified in your life. Just reach out to him and ask him for help. Ask your pastor. Ask those people that are people that are praying and that seeking God for advice to help. Seek the counsel of the righteous so that you might live and let them encourage you, give you fruit of life. And this is the fruit of life. The word of God is life and it's overflowing and it helps you day by day. When they say take baby steps, start trying to pray five minutes, 10 minutes. Does, how much of that of your time is that's nothing. You know, in the Bible talks about tithing, giving 10 percent of, of, of everything. It says everything, not about money, but everything of your life. You know, one hour, uh, what's 20, uh, 10 percent of a, a day? two hours and 40 minutes. I think we can all suffer to give two hours and 40 minutes to Christ. You know, what is two hours and 40 minutes of our life of a day? That's nothing. You know, that's the minimum. But do you know what? When you learn and to worship God and Christ comes in you, you're going to be joyous and happy and full of 
of just like life, you come out of the state of being depressed and full of like close to death and you come out and you come out flourishing like a new flower in Christ. Amen. Um, I know for me and my wife, like this question is perfect because, you know, being the youth leaders and especially right now during this pandemic, they're going through a lot of depression and a lot of missing people, missing friends and not being able to go anywhere. And when we get those text messages like late at night, when they text my wife and and it's a paragraphs and they're struggling with something like God put us in this position and how can we encourage them? And thank God that my wife has been through a lot of situations in her life. So she's able to relate to them and give them advice and uh, just to encourage them. And, and we can't say, we can't give them any other advice, but to worship, pray and, and get in, your, in the word. So it's perfect. You know, that's, all, that's what we need to do. Just shake yourself off and stop feeling sorry for yourself and just get up and start reading again and worshiping it. Yeah, and, and I, I know I know what that's like too, brother. You know, uh, I used to pa- uh, use pastor also a group of kids and um, same thing, you know, they would reach out to you and they're reaching out to you in confidence and I'll, I'll just say encourage you. Sometimes just listening to them, you know, if it's a text, respond back, you know, I'm sorry, uh, what you're feeling and such forth. Uh, just giving um, them a word of encouragement. Just keep on encouraging them. Because you know what? This this is a different world now that we are living in. It is, has completely changed in a matter of months uh, due to this coronavirus. And um, I'll, I'll say, you know, um, everybody that is a Christian, please encourage one another and reach out to your fellow brethren, uh, sisters, uh, reach out to your sisters and people reach out to still the people of the world please encourage the people that because this is now a, a time that we are drawing close to god and god is drawing close to the time that he is going to come and take up his church right now is the time of salvation for all of us as gentiles gentiles meaning the people that are not jewish people that is all of us that we are now saved and grafted into christ for everybody that is of the world please i beg you because we know what it's like, uh, at least some of them that have come out of being out of the world and becoming a Christian, um, you know what it's like. And I say I beg you because to for you to, uh, you know what, you can't say you know what it's like until you give it a try. You know, you could try everything else in this world, but you, if you haven't tried Jesus, then you haven't tried it all. Amen. And actually, that's one of the first things that I recommend that people do. Because God will give you a new concept, a new mind, and he will renew you and make you as white as snow, meaning he has renewed your life, and he has brought you out of where you were and made you someone else. Amen. And, I, you know, going back to what Brother Abel said, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with, um, you know, counseling. And um, as a person that's actually gone to, to therapy for depression, um, it helps, but I encourage you, my advice is to, to seek seek God. You know, that's that's the best thing that I've done in my life. But um, I remember um, Pastor preaching on something a couple weeks ago. It might have been last Sunday. But um, he says, you know, if, if it doesn't cost you anything, it doesn't mean anything. And, you know, along if, if you do decide to give your life to Christ or you, you have given your life to Christ, you'll see that it's going to cost you some friends, some family members, you know. People are going to not want to talk to you. People are not going to like you. People are going to make fun of you. Um, but it's worth it, you know, to it's it's that's the least, you know, it's the least of my worries. But um, I, for my advice, I would just encourage you to seek God and and get into prayer and get into your word and, and just worship him no matter what. Through the good times and the bad times, I, I would just worship him. And for everybody that is not a Christian, if you'd like to receive Christ into your life, we'll be uh, saying the sinner's prayer as well. So go ahead and bow your head in that, that, that position that you're at and just go ahead and repeat the words that we're going to be saying. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you accept him in your life. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come before you right now, Father. Would this person go ahead and state your name? And we ask, Father God, that you come into their life, that you make them a new person. Forgive them of their sin. 
Make them, Father God, as white as snow, their garment, Father God. Change them, Jesus. Come into their life. And I pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you help them, Lord, through their life and their walk as a person in Christ. I ask, Father God, that you come into my heart and make me a different person in the name of Jesus. And we pray, Father God, for all of the world, Lord, for right now, death is sting is hitting a lot of people, Father God. There's so many people with so much loss. We pray, Father God, for all the people that have lost somebody this year. We pray, Father God, that you come and comfort their hearts. We pray, Father God, for all the families that are having to deal with COVID-19 that have a loved one in the hospital. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you touch them, Father God, right there in their bed wherever they are at, and that you heal them, Lord. You are the living God. There is nothing impossible unto you. I have seen miracles, Lord God. There is nothing impossible unto you. We pray for everybody that is going through depression, Lord. We speak against that spirit, Father God. We ask to leave in the name of Jesus. We command it to leave. In the name of Jesus, rise up against it. Fight for your life. And Lord God, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise and we give you glory. And I pray, Father God, for all of the world, for our nation, for United States, Father God, for our people here, Father God, in Fresno, for Step of Faith, for the church and the body of Christ, for everyone on this planet, to pour out the blood of Jesus upon us all. Forgive us, Lord God, of our sins, and help us, Lord God, through this time, through this crisis, Lord. And I pray in the name of Jesus that everybody that is watching this podcast, that you are blessed in the name of Jesus, and that you're throughout your week, that you have joy and peace and an understanding that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of your life. We give you glory, honor, and praise in the name of Jesus, and we all say, Amen. amen.